you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 68 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know by now. And I'm joined, as usual, by the Russian Kid, aka Rich Kid. Rich Kid, say what's up. Good evening, guys. Yeah, and it's been a while, but we're back, man. Um, yeah, as, as you guys know by now who've been following us on social media, um, you know, the last couple of like weeks and well, month really has, has been tricky. Um, you know, I've had a lot on my plate to be kind of juggling at the moment. Um, so it was rich, but, you know, we're still around, we're still alive and we're kicking and we're ready to go, basically. Um, you know, it, it it is one of those things that said that just kind of happens from, from time to time. Mm. But, you know, that, that's life. You all have lives as well. You know how these things work. So, um, it is what it is. But as I said, we ain't going nowhere. We're we're still right here. Um, and we've got plenty of content for you coming up over the next couple of weeks um, and months as well. So, um, yeah, we'll be back in the game in a big way. Um, but first of all, as said, Rich Kid, glad to have you back, bro. Um, as usual, you know, what you've been up to? Have you been checking out anything geeky lately, doing anything? Yeah, good to be back. Um, yeah, I've actually been consuming quite a bit of uh, geekism since last time we were on air and um, I've, I've been the stuff I've been watching and, and well yes I haven't been reading anything but stuff I've been watching I've been really impressed mm. and, um, and some of them some of the stuff I have been watching was almost like it I feel a bit like a bit of an idiot because they've been out for ages uh, and I would just refuse to watch it because it's super super popular and everyone told me that it was good like you're one of them and I was like man maybe sometimes I should stop being stubborn and I could have just watched this ages ago <laughs> so, yeah. oh, okay so so basically that's in regards to um one punch man mm. which has been out for a good little while and everyone's been saying how it's been really really good mm. and, um, and, I, and i just couldn't see it i was like i'm not sure how a show can just rely on one joke and i'm not even joking i put the first episode on and the beginning when all this there's like this explosion in it and stuff like that mm. and the animation was just really really good and then like you know it showed him fighting the monster and punching it and all that stuff and he's just like you know how he's all depressed and the intro kicked in and i was like fuck i like this show already i'm like mm. five minutes in yeah so i had to uh i turned into a bit of a an ass <laughs> <laughs> and walked around looking like a donkey you know <laughs> j tom touched this ages ago yeah so um thank you very much for that <laughs> and um i'm finishing jessica jones season three like i like to Right, I don't, I don't try, I don't binge watch as much as I should do because of the type of thing that we guys do. But I've noticed, man, when I binge watch, I, I, I tend to miss a lot of things. Like I don't really start paying attention to the shows. If I binge watch, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start like picking up my phone and you know, leaving the room and stuff like that. But if you mm. watch episode by episode, you take more in. So that's why it's taking me so long to watch Jessica Jones. But it's an, it's a fucking amazing season, man. 
It was mm. really, really good. And it just reminds me that it makes me upset about how they cancelled the Marvel Netflix shows. So, yeah. But um, we're going to have replacements soon. So, we'll obviously, we'll talk about that later on in the show. As well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as you know, I, I flipping loved that Netflix Marvel universe. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I was I was hurt when it all got cancelled. But, yes, yeah, it said... Well, yeah, apart from Iron Fist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah nobody's going to miss Iron Fist. But, um, yeah, as you said, we've we got some big, big news out of San Diego Comic-Con, and we'll we'll jump right into that as soon as, peeps. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're finally getting into One Punch Man. You, you know, and going back to that, actually, you know what sealed it for me was the second episode, the beginning of the second episode, yeah. where he gets bothered by the mosquito. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> is so funny. I was like, this show is just hilarious. Like, how <laughs> how have they managed to make this show so funny? Like, this mm, show is, mm. is better than a lot of comedy movies I've yeah, seen yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was really impressed by um, One Punch Man. I, I've um, finished season two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just patiently awaiting to see what happens next. I won't go into any details of, of that yet because um, obviously you haven't seen it yet. So mm, mm. Um, yeah, you can uh, uh, get into that as well. But yeah, One Punch Man is amazing. I mean, listeners, for those of you who listened to the previous podcast, you know I did um, an episode where I talked about uh, some of the anime stuff that I've been watching with my little boy yeah. and um, you know how I've kind of been getting into a lot of stuff and um you know i'm really enjoying it at, at, at my anime again at the moment mm. i don't know why it is but yeah. I, i'm just really kind of yeah getting into my anime and, and mm. really loving it i've recently um started re-watching jojo's bizarre adventure because i never really finished it okay um and yeah it's 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 bonkers man it's exactly like how i remember it. it's just like mm. it, it's one of those animes that um you're either gonna love it or absolutely hate it there's no like kind of middle ground with it um because it's just so balls out crazy that like it, it will literally you'll either watch it and go oh my god this is the weirdest wildest thing ever and i love it or you're gonna be like what the hell is this um so yeah it is one of those but but yeah no i've, I've been really enjoying jojo's bizarre adventure um what else have i done recently um there's another one I started watching, and I, I, the, the name of it just really escapes me at the moment. But um, but there's one that oh, gate. Sorry, yeah, gate. I think it's called. Um, mm. It's like uh, there's a gate that opens to like a parallel universe where um, uh, all these other beings start invading um, Japan, and they're like kind of trolls and fairies and witches. Oh and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's actually quite good. I mean, uh, I've only watched the second episode so i haven't got that far in so once i'm a bit further in I'll, I'll probably do like a little mini review or something of it but but um yeah it's pretty cool uh, i don't mind it at all um mm. yeah it's really good I, and i finished angels of death as well okay. uh, which is one that i talked about on on the previous podcast which um is just wild crackers but really good actually um really enjoyable um, it's one, I, I don't know if you know Rich, but it's one basically where, um, the, uh, lead character, a, a woman named Rachel is, um, wakes up in the basement of some type of building and she's oh, yeah, yeah, got, yeah. Like, limited memories. Yeah. Um, and she realizes that she's being stalked by a serial killer down yeah. there. Um, and then kind of her and the serial killer kind of clash, but then they kind of come to an agreement, um, that the serial killer can kill her if he helps her escape from the building yeah. that she's in. So they're kind of trying to work out how 
to get out of this building and on every level there's like some psychopath that's trying to kill the both of them mm. um yeah and it's it's kind of it, it is as crazy as it sounds yeah um but yeah it was enjoyable i mean the, the um the animation style was um it, it was kind of old school in a way actually which which i uh, i don't mind um you know, I, uh, we're both kids of a certain age. Well, I say kids, <laughs> we're men. <laughs> like, okay, twisted, we're men people. Um, but, you know, we're both of a certain age and we remember, obviously, you know, the anime explosions, um, both from sort of like the, the early 80s and then that kind of second win in the early 90s. And, you know, the, so we know kind of that, those types of anime styles that, that were popular in, in those periods. And um, Angels of Death really kind of taps into to that kind of visual style, which which works surprisingly for the story. Um, mm. Even though the story is quite modern, it, it, it does kind of have that um, that almost mid-90s kind of feel to the, the, the plot and the characters. So, so yeah, that's definitely um, worth checking out if you haven't checked it out already, listeners. And, mm. and yeah, it's a good watch. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, as you know, we, we had uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, recently pass us by. Um, and to be honest, for like film and TV news, there's a lot of Blair stuff that, that we weren't really interested in. Um, but the stuff that really piqued our interest is the stuff, of course, from Marvel Studios. Um, they had a massive panel at Hall H this year. Um, those of you do, who keep abreast of these things will know they skipped it last year because they were still working on Avengers Endgame and Infinity War at the time. Um, but this year we we got like a whole information dump. So what we're going to try and do is is work our way through um, some of the movies and the TV shows that have been confirmed um, to be coming out up until 2022. Um, we'll give you our take on some of the titles and I know there was quite a few people as, as well who were um, maybe confused or, or weren't quite sure like who some of the characters were that were being featured in some of these films and why um, so me and Rich will, will give you our kind of take on it. Rich as you know is our is our walking talking comic book encyclopedia so uh, he, I'm sure he'll be able to give us some comic book context behind um a lot of the information that we got and I'll do my best to, to chime in with little bits of stuff as well. Um, but yeah, Rich, how do you want to do this, man? Should we go um, films and then TV or do you want to do it like in, in release date order? Oh, no, 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 no. Let's just do films and TV. Release date. <laughs> yeah. It won't really make any form of difference. Okay. Um, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Cool. All right, then. Well, we'll crack on um, with the movies. Um, so the first panel that we got was one for the upcoming Black Widow movie. This is a, a solo movie uh, that will be coming out. I think it's due out in May of 2020. Um, yeah, I think I think it's May, they, they said. But anyway, um, so obviously this story will uh, feature Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Um, we didn't find out a lot about the story itself, although there was um, apparently a, a mini trailer was played for people who were in, in attendance. Okay. Um, this trader hasn't been released on online by Marvel, the, the, um, which is not uncommon. They, they generally don't do that. Um, sometimes, you know, they'll simultaneously release them, but generally they prefer to keep, you know, the footage they show at Hall H kind of secret, so to speak. Mm, mm. Um, but there was a lot of descriptions flowing around on, on online. So if you haven't um, read any of those listeners, you can go and check one of those out and, and get up to speed. 
Um, but the movie is is set obviously in the past, so it looks like it's kind of set before. Um, I think it's before Iron Man two, so it's actually going yeah, yeah, right yeah, way yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, so so before kind of um, Black Widow's first appearance in in the MCU in Iron Man two. Um, Black Widow will take place before then. I'm not a hundred percent sure, like how many years it is. They, they they didn't really give that much information about it. Again, I guess because it's potentially spoilers. Um, mm. But what we do know is said is that this film will kind of track um, Black Widow's early beginnings as a spy um, in Russia. Um, it will show kind of how the the process that she went through in order to get there, and then kind of why she ended up leaving. Um, the cast looks pretty stacked on it as well. Um, mm. There's a lot of people in there. I mean, there's uh, Rachel Weiss is in it, um, yeah. which, which is like jaw dropping to me. I was like, Rachel Weiss, flipping yeah. hell! Like, <laughs> you know, and there was quite a few of those. Sorry, she, I mean, she hasn't been around for a little while as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's kind of done um, some indie stuff, like yeah. really small indie stuff, and I think yeah, she did a, stage. a stage show, but. Yeah. But that was about it, you know. There, she mm. really hasn't done any massive mainstream stuff yeah. um, for for a while. So yeah, I was like, wow, okay. Um, Florence Pugh is is playing Yelena Belova. Um, mm. Rich can explain who Yelena is in a bit. Um, and David Harbour from Stranger Things, uh, Chief Hopper, is uh, Alexei Shostakov. I think his name is, and isn't he the Red Guardian? I think he's yes, called yeah. or something like he's that. The Red yeah? Guardian. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, Rich. I mean, if if you don't mind, just to explain a little bit about you know, um, who particularly those two characters are, um, Yelena Belova and, and um, the Red Guardian, because they're quite significant potentially to the story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll start with Red Guardian. I mean, from what I can remember of him, he's almost like the Captain America, but in an iron suit. So it's like basically Captain America, Iron Man kind of character um and um uh, and yeah he's yeah he's basically oh wait hold on red guardian's the one of like the he's not the one in that actual suit because there's basically so i'm getting mixed up listeners because they have their own the russians have their own versions of the avengers mm. um and basically whether there's at some point in the comic books i think there was one writer and he was like yeah it would just make sense that all these countries would have their own superhuman characters or superhuman like soldiers or heroes um and some might even be mutants and then might be some that we might actually create and stuff like that hmm. so they had their version of captain america their version of iron man um uh, there was a lady called dark star that i remember who could control the same dark matter that is actually inside um tyrone um right, right. like the guy who plays um cloak from cloak yeah, cloak, cloak. yeah 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 so that, so they've got their team but they've even though they're a superhero team they're a lot more connected to their government. So they're a lot more like like KGB kind of like stroke rogue agents as well. But, but so that's the, so they do a lot of the dark stuff. Um so yeah, so it's gonna be interesting because I wanna know if basically what type I mean that's that's gonna mean that the type of training that you know Natasha's gonna get in Black Widow movie is gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Mm. We're gonna be seeing like maybe hope well, hopefully crazy superheroes in another country. We've only we've only ever seen just Americans. I mean, like you know, that's it. We we don't have we know there's like you know in the comic books there's groups like Excalibur, which are based in London. You've got Alpha Flight, which is based in you know um, Canada. 
Then you had um, Big Hero 6, which was based in Tokyo. And it all had their, their own unique take on things because of where the country they all came from and, and their different types of training, different culture. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see if they're really going to make it seem like this is based in Russian culture as to how they deal with things. Hmm. Or is it just going to be like, you know, they're just put in a place and they just happen to speak Russian. It's like, yeah, they speak Russian, dress Russian, that's it. I don't know if they take really, really important Russian things that if a Russian person was to watch it, they'd be like, yeah, that probably that probably seems about right. That would happen. Mm. So, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does sound really interesting. It sounds like we're going to get, um, a, you know, very much a, a spy movie, obviously. Um, and, you know, given how well the MCU did its last spy movie with um, The Winter Soldier, you know, they, yeah. it, it definitely, if, if they take a leaf out of that book, it definitely sounds like we're getting mm. um, something really exciting, you know. Yeah. Um, one of the the rumors that's been flying around is that the villain of of the piece will be Taskmaster. Oh my gosh! Well, which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, for those of you listening who who know um, Taskmaster, you'll you'll know why we're excited by, by that because boy, <laughs> all bets are off if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, again, Rich, for the benefit of people who who don't really know Taskmaster, I mean, I suppose if you played the Spider Man game, the the recent spider-man ps4 game you might know a bit but mm. um but yeah for for comic book kind of context like who is taskmaster and 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 why are we so excited <laughs> listen it would be my fucking pleasure to tell you <laughs> like the thing is he's just this you know i don't even remember like the, the back i don't remember like his his real name or anything like that I, I can't remember no in fact yeah he's got like a really really tragic story he's actually a good guy you find out like later on down, down the line, like he's actually a good, he's a good guy, mm. but because he's so good at what he does, the missions that they send that they, you know, when they recruited him, the government, the missions that they were sending him on started to have like really bad effect on him. Mm. And he was like, he, he preferred, I think he's like, I prefer to be mind wiped after each thing. But then somehow in the mind wipe, he's got his, this own persona. And that persona is just is a bit just a bit of a dick and like tends to do bad stuff. But generally, he's a good guy and used to work for Shield. But um, the power that Taskmaster has is that he can anything he sees he can mimic. Hmm. So naturally, no matter where he goes, he's either going to be training people. So he's like the main trainer for I think the agents of I think is Aim and Hydra. Like hmm. he's just taught he's taught everybody. So. And it doesn't have to be like he has to fight somebody to figure out how they move and stuff like that. No, he can literally just watch a videotape and he'll just learn the body language of that person and he's then able to fight like that person. So there's been he's been able to go to the of Captain America, um, Spider-Man. Um, I remember reading a comic book and basically there were, it's one of the things where this amazing gift, which the reason why we're so excited is because like Jason said, we've seen what they've done of the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier versus Captain America. That's easily one of the best fights for me put on screen, full stop, let alone just in like one of the Marvel movies or like a superhero movie. It's just, it just plays to the character. So I'm looking what they've done with that. So you're going to literally going to be seeing this guy maybe getting into a fight, doing like a boxing stance, then maybe straight into like a, you know, Thai boxing stance, then maybe into a Wing Chun stance. It's going to be beautiful for to look at if, mm. if if they if they you know if they do something like that mm. so, yeah that's that's just going to be crazy like that's going to be like john wick times 10 i'm watching 
shit just for Taskmaster. I'm just going to be brutally honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the description of, of the footage that we got as well made it sound like the, the fight scenes are off the chain. I mean, um, apparently they're, they're going for the John Wick style um, yeah. with the, the action scenes. Mm. Um, so, you know, if they can get half of that right, then, yeah. you know, we're, we're in for a good look. So, yeah. Oh, yeah um, so, so what I was going to say is that basically yeah. when he, the, there's two people that he's actually afraid to fight. Um, and funnily enough, one of them isn't Captain America. Mm. He, he can go, he can go to sort of Captain America easy, but the first one is Moonlight. And the reason mm. why I'm, I'm actually bringing those two up as well is because if they bring in Taskmaster into the MCU, there has been this, you know, rumor for years that they're trying to figure a way to bring Moonlight into on, onto the scene as well. Hmm. And, uh, and basically, Moonlight's like a, another vigilante um, who patrols around New York and actually travels quite a lot as well. And Taskmaster doesn't like fighting Moonlight because Moonlight's literally crazy. He's got like I think some like fourteen different personas. He's got hmm. um, he's got schizophrenia. Hmm. So his style is so erratic that there'll be some styles that he'll be like you know, using, but it will involve him just like stabbing himself with his own mm. sword if the person's behind him. And that type of language is like the way how Taskmaster describes it is that when he fights and he's t- taking someone else's style, it just starts to flow too naturally. So mm. he's prone to do that kind of stupidness as well. So he's like, yeah, nah, I don't want to do that. And then the other one was basically um, Deadpool. And he mm. said just because Deadpool is just batshit crazy. He said that how they break it down is that whenever Taskmaster walks into a room, he sees all these algorithms as to like what would happen if this fell off here and so forth and everything like that. And he said he just looks at Deadpool and he just sees nothing because he's just fucking crazy. He's like, yeah, I don't want to fight that guy as well. Hmm. Um, and those are obviously two characters. Well, one of them is already in the MCU. Well, we're waiting for him to come into the MCU at some point. Um, and then one of them has been rumored to where they're trying to get him into it. So Moonlight, yeah, could, could be, yeah. And Taskmaster and all those things. I'm I'm excited. Um, I really hope this Black Widow movie opens up a, a whole different avenue of movies that we're going to be getting now. Not just like the one Winter Soldier, but we'll get like a bunch of spy superhero movies. Mm. I'm, I'm really interested. Mm. Yeah, man. I mean, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll freely admit, listeners, you know, um, up until this point, I really wasn't that interested in the, the Black Widow movie. I kind of felt like the Black Widow character was was not treated that well um particularly in avengers endgame um and it just kind of felt like they'd missed their window of opportunity to me like it was just too late to try and and do this now but but again having read the the information and you know having seen the presentation and stuff i'm like you know what sign me up (laughs) like I'll, i'll be there especially as you said if taskmaster's involved as well um, you know, and that means potentially we're getting a fight between Black Widow and Task- Taskmaster. Yeah. Boy, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, in. I'm in. You've sold me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. So, um, yeah, we can expect uh, Black Widow to land with us, as said, in May 2020. Um, and we'll be there to see it. And we assume you will be too. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, the next film that's due out will be in November of 2020 and this is the one that i think people are most kind of um like what <laughs> about and that's the eternals um, now i'll freely admit i don't know a heck of a lot about the eternals um i know they're a jack kirby creation um 
you know, and I know there's um, historically the they were experiments. I think from the the celestials or, or, or something like that. Like the celestials came to Earth, yeah, and experimented on them. I mean, yeah. basically, this is all stuff. Like, I'll let Richard jump in in a minute and explain because he'll probably explain this a lot better than I can. But um, but it it you know the, it sounds the most intriguing to me of um the the movies that they're bringing out and um partly because the the casting is is just so diverse and not just mm. in terms of um you know the ethnicities of, of the people who've been cast but because they've gone with you know dramatic actors they've gone with comedic actors they've gone with unknowns they've gone um you know one of the the characters is deaf um and and the actress is actually a deaf actress who's who's playing the role so she'll be signing um her part of the film um you know they've really kind of gone balls to the wall with this one um so yeah rich i mean as said you know as as much clarity as you can provide on on the eternals would be um greatly appreciated so yeah if you can um just let the people know you know where they kind of came from um i guess from a creative point of view and from a comic book point of view like where did the eternals you know kind of come from and how yeah. do they fit into um, the picture of the Marvel Universe, basically. Mm. Yeah, so basically the Eternals are, well, we'll, we'll have to, like you mentioned before, you, you know, the Celestials. So the funny thing is that the MCU so far has has only, we've seen, in fact, we have seen Celestials. We've seen Celestials in... Yeah, uh, they were in, uh, they featured a little bit in Guardians. In Guardians, they? yeah, they were, mm. they're like a flashback. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the Celestials are these, well, Celestial beings um, originally, they were meant. They were thought that they were meant to be twelve of them, and then each one was able to do would do a particular thing. So I think uh, the the first judge would come down to a planet. No, basically, so they'd put like they'd birth these celestial eggs and put them in a planet, and then basically they'd leave and they'd just go around all these planets and just put these celestial eggs in. And what the celestial eggs do is that they affect each planet that's been birthed in a, in a different way. Mm. So, for example, um, you know, you've got our earth planet we have the ability to have mutants and to if that person is affected in a particular way be able to um be superhuman powered as opposed to say like you know some normal humans on a planet who let's say if they were hit by a large amount of gamma radiation they wouldn't be able to channel the genes to turn into a character like the hulk they'd physically die but we have that ability to create our own superhuman um, um humans uh, without state with external forces um, other planets don't. Uh, okay, so basically, what happens? The celestials drop eggs in their planets, and they come back, say, like you know, millions of years later to see how they progressed. Um, and what happens is that if that planet, that if that planet hasn't passed what they deem to be evolutionary fit, they then send someone down. They send another celestial down to come and basically destroy the planet. So they've got like twelve judges, and each judge has like a particular, you know, like a particular job that they have to do. So one person destroys the planet, one person passes judgment, one person comes to observe the planet, and so forth. And um, the Eternals are basically an offshoot of us. So they're almost like they predate any form of our type of humans being able to create, um, you know, superhumans. They, they were just born with these powers. Um, and they were deemed worthy by the Celestials, and then they basically moved away and, you know, did their own thing. And but what it is is that they've always meddled in the history of our humans. So when you read the legends of like Greek heroes such as Icarus and um, Athena and Zeus and everything like that, 
they are those characters. They're mm. they're basically like they you know they they came down and they meddled and did a couple of things and then stories were told were told about them. But it's almost it's also the same thing with the Olympians. So the Olympians and the Eternals, they've kind of meddled in each other's own history because they've got all got characters which are similar to each other. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, the Eternals they were created by Jack Kirby. And he just wanted to bring in, like, you know, just a whole new different race of people that just original characters of his own, you know, of something that he just created by himself. So if you see for, like, for Marvel, he created the Eternals. And for DC, he created um, the New Gods, Mm. which is where you get, um, you know, characters like Darkseid, Mr. Miracle, Big Bada, and all those type of characters. Hmm. Uh, but yeah but basically the Eternals were just his thing of like just really trying to do something different and new and they didn't really he didn't they didn't really appear in Marvel comics until afterwards and um they they've got like a really really strong cult following because like it's just some of like Kirby's best work although like I've noticed that the DC readers won't like the Marvel readers and the Marvel readers won't like the DC readers because they'll be like well these characters are just knockoffs knockoffs of each other but um i'm interested to see how they're going to be brought into the mcu because we kind of even have our own set of those super powered people anyway in the mm. guardians yes don't yeah. we mm-hmm. yeah so i mean yeah it's, it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting there's a, a I've, i used to read a couple of comics that had some of the characters appearing in it because they're the type of character the eternals are the type of characters that they got bored and they'll be like okay I'm going to go and just do this. Like I said, they've always meddled in the history of, of, of the humans. So sometimes certain characters have been part of like the Avengers. Um, I'm sure like one of them has been part of like the Fantastic Four at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I want to see what spin they're going to use to, to bring them in because it's not going to be easy. No, no, definitely yeah. not. I mean, it's, it's um, as you said, you know, the, they've kind of always been there in in the marvel universe certainly mm. in, in comic books um but because they're they're so kind of ubiquitous as as characters it's it's hard to kind of pin down exactly what they are so i suppose mm. in a way it means that the the mcu can use a certain amount of creative license i guess and kind of just you know tinker around with with the characters yeah um to maybe fit you know the way that um their universe is is structured um, but yeah, you, you're right. It'll be fascinating to see kind of how they play out in their own movie, and you know, assuming that the events of their movie has knock-on effects on other movies, then you know, how will that affect, as you said, like New Asgard? That's that's based on Earth now, where you, we've got Asgardians on Earth. Um, you know, and how will humanity react when they realize there's basically these godlike beings living amongst them and have been for you know hundreds of years. Um, which is what we, we, is being suggested by um, by the panel. Um, but as mentioned, you know, the cast in here is really, really um, diverse. Um, you know, we've got Angelina Jolie, uh, who's playing Fina. Um, I think she was rumoured for a long time for this movie, so I think yeah. we're kind of expecting that. Um, we've got Richard Madden as Icarus. Mm-hmm. Um, Kumal Nanjani as, as Kingo um he's looking Brad- jacked by the way yes yeah, you, showed, yeah. you showed me that jay i was like, when? <laughs> like, I was like okay yeah, yeah. listeners if you haven't if you haven't seen him yet google just google kumal nanjani jacked and and look at those images that come up dude it's it's insane um 
but yeah, he, he he's looking ripped. <laughs> Seriously ripped. <laughs> um, you know, we've got Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta as Fastos. Um, and we've got Salma Hayek as well, um, playing Ajax. Um, you know, we've got, uh, as as mentioned before, Lauren Ridloff is, is playing Makari, who's a, a deaf character. Um, and uh, the others are Don Lee. I, I, I don't know him, but apparently he's a Chinese actor. Um, and he's playing Gilgamesh. Um, and there's a newcomer called Leah McHugh who's playing um, a character called Sprite. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot. <laughs> like, there's a stacked out cast here. Um, and as said, you know, the, unfortunately, we don't know a huge amount of, of what they're planning with the movie as yet. Um, but there's a lot to be kind of, yeah, as, as I said, get the, get the brain cells going and, and get you thinking about, you know, where they're going to go with this movie and, and how it's going to impact other Marvel movies going forward. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to The Eternals. Um, you know, definitely. I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So, yeah, make sure you guys check that out. That will be out on November the 6th, uh, 2020. So, yeah, we've got quite a way to go still for that, unfortunately. But it is what it is, man. If we're patient, they'll bless us. Um Ooh. And speaking of blessings, boy, the next movie, well, <laughs> this one was, was kind of funny because um, watching the panel, um, you know, they uh, called the director up on stage and then, you know, Kevin Feige said, you know, this is the movie we're going to be working on. And it came up with the name Shang-Chi and it just showed cool. Shang-Chi and people were kind of like, huh, okay, <laughs> what's Shang-Chi? Mm. And then, like, they slowly revealed the rest of the title and the legend of the Ten Rings, and then everybody in the audience went nuts. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, for those that don't know, um, Shang Chi is uh, basically a, a martial artist um, who's from China, right? Yeah. Um, and um, I, I don't know kind of what group affiliations he has in in the comics. I, I, I know he's popped up a little bit in uh, I think the first Civil War um as a character yeah um he, he popped up in that um but generally yes he was in heroes yeah. for hire that's right yeah yeah mm-hmm. but generally he he kind of is a, a character that um is really really niche as as in like you know he was created i think in the 70s wasn't it around yeah. the yeah. Sort of martial arts movie craze um in the united states and, and marvel tried to kind of take advantage of that um and yeah, you know, he, he's a, a highly skilled martial artist. Um, we don't know a lot about the plot of this particular movie, but mm. we do know that, um, as with the name of The Legend of the Ten Rings, um, that the villain of this movie will be the Mandarin. Um, now, that name will probably be familiar to you, especially if you're f- uh, a fan of the Marvel movies, because you'll know there were a lot of references to the Mandarin in uh, Iron Man 3. Um, Now, in that movie, it turned out that uh, the person who supposedly was the Mandarin was actually an actor um, and had been hired by the bad guy of that movie to to kind of play that role. Um, That was a controversial decision, to say the least. For Mm -hmm. me, it kind of annoyed me a bit. Um, But for other people, it worked, you know, so I could see it was one of those kind of gambles that um, you take creatively sometimes that can go 50-50. Um, but you know, the, the news that the Mandarin is coming back, um, really kind of excited people in, in Hall H and I think excites us as well. And the fact that he's going to be played by a fucking legend of mm-hmm. Hong Kong cinema in Tony Lung Chua. Yeah. 
like wow that how marvel managed to pull that casting off i don't know but you know what kudos to them man <laughs> um th- listen the house of the mouse man that that, yeah. that, that disney money baby <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that disney money they was like hey listen come <laughs> come 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 we need to talk like, like th- think about it like tony lung would you say that in china let's say when let's say when studios in china approach him for a film like he's that he's the rdj of yeah china. yeah 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 that's yeah. a fair comparison like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah you know like he, he's got mm-hmm. that power like like you know we, we saw that um that instagram post the other day of like how much rdj had made from iron man all the way up to endgame mm. And then we were talking about how much power he's had, like, you know, how he also got this, you know, the crew members or pay rises because he, he said that he had, the, yeah, Tony Long's that guy. Mm, this, mm-hmm. this, this, yeah, that's that's a big move that, that Disney have pulled off, man. That's mm. crazy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute legend. If yeah. those of you who don't know him, um, you know, you can check out loads of his work because, as I said, he's been working for many, many years mm, mm. Um, in Chinese and Hong Kong cinema. Um, and as, as I said, the man's just an absolute legend. I mean, going back to, like, hard-boiled, um, you know, the, the character who played in hard-boiled, um, who was called Tony, which was kind of lazy. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Jackie was called Jackie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, the screenwriter was like, what should we call him? Oh, fuck it, just call him Tony. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, you know, he, he was um, in Hard Boiled. He was brilliant in that. He was in, um, God, what's the Hong Kong name of um, the, the original movies that The Departed are based on? Oh, Infernal Affairs. Uh, Infernal Affairs, that's Weesh, it, yeah. yeah God Infernal damn. Affairs. Um, you know, he did a lot of work with Wong Kar Wai as well, who's, yeah. who's uh, a very famous filmmaker. Um, 2049. Yeah. Raising the, was it Raising the Red Dragon Lanterns or yep. something? Ra- Raise the Red Lantern, I think it's Raise called, Lantern, yeah. That's it um there's that movie happy together as well um which was quite a groundbreaking movie when you think about it and that came out in like 1998 and mm. um you know that that was about a, a chinese gay couple um trying to kind of save their relationship um and yeah they said for 1998 that was pretty groundbreaking for for china um so yeah you know the the guy's got so many screen credits so for the for them to be able to capture him to play the mandarin mm. is is amazing um our shang chi is an actor who's not really known to me a, a guy called simu lu who um apparently is in a canadian web series um i can't remember the name of it sorry listeners but um if you google his name it, it will probably come up there but um yeah i don't know a huge amount of him but i do know that he is as well as an actor is uh, a martial artist and a stunt performer Mm. um so and i know that you know throughout the casting process for uh shang chi they were adamant that you know they had to get somebody um you know who was asian of chinese origin um or chinese background and you know and could do martial arts as well as act um and they saw a lot of people and apparently, I mean, the actor himself came out on stage and said like, he got cast on, I think it was the Sunday before Comic-Con. And then oh, they found him the next day. It was like, yeah, you need to pack a bag. You're going to San Diego on oh, Saturday. <laughs> so I don't know how serious he was being about that, but that's mm. what he said happened. But um, yeah, so he will be our Shang-Chi. Um, and we have uh, Aquafina as well. Um, the yeah. rapper and actress, she will be playing a character in the movie, although it's not been confirmed who she's playing. So Rich, um, again, you know, from uh, sort of the comic book perspectives, kind of where could you possibly see 
um, this story going? Because I, I, I don't know any, you know, I've read if, a couple of Shang-Chi books, but um, I, I don't really know any like major storylines or anything like that that he's been involved mm. in. So do you think they're likely to go back to his original sort of books from the 70s for inspiration? Or do you think they might try and just, you know, create their own storyline and then and then feature the Mandarin in it? No, I, th- I think I think they'll go back to that the seventies type of thing. This is going to be like you, you look at what they've done of Black Widow, right? Or like we, or what we think or what we're hoping that they're going to do with Black Widow. Where, like I said, it's going to be set in a particular period, but also in a different setting that we're used to seeing. So you know, hopefully, we'll have that Russian feel of like this is how the Russians dealt with things, and you know, we get an insight into them. So I think if I think the best thing for them to do with Shang Chi is to keep it that you know in that period or that type of setting but like how or maybe deal with it like how the witness soldier did you know had that 70s feel but it is at the same time everything was just so up to date so everything made sense mm. so that, that that'd be cool because essentially the thing is the the, the character of shang chi when he's when he's actually operating in britain or the, yeah, the britain have like um rule still have like uh, uh, over china so like China still was still the part of the British Empire at that point. Mm. I think um, when did China gain its independence from UK? Was it what ninety five or ninety? Oh, what? Sorry, you mean Hong Kong? So Hong Kong, sorry, yeah, Hong yeah. Kong. Um, yeah, Hong Kong. I think yeah, the handover was nineteen ninety five. I think it yeah. was or ninety six. Um, I yeah. could be wrong, but yeah, I think it's it's either ninety five or ninety six. Yeah. So 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 basically, um, you know, Shang Chi was out around that period when that you know, and he's a of Chinese descent. Um, and he's a martial artist, so they're obviously trying to catch in all these things of like, you know, the Bruce Lee, you know, introduction and that's brought martial arts to us. But they were like, you know what, we're gonna we're not going to base it on like Bruce Lee from like, you know, Way of the Dragon or the, the Big Boss. We're going to go for the Bruce Lee that was in Enter the Dragon. And I'm not sure if a lot of you listeners know, but basically when they created Enter the Dragon of Bruce Lee, he was their attempt at doing a Chinese version with, you know, or martial arts version of James Bond. So with Shang-Chi, he was you know, a martial artist and he ended up basically working for MI6. And then basically there was like a specific department that, um, that was even more higher up than MI6 that he used to work for. And he was kind of like their assassin, kind of like secret agent who would go and sort things out for them. Although he only did it, he only did it for them because he found out that his dad was like this major, major crime boss who had his hands and fingers in all different types of pies, including things with Hydra, AIM, and at some point, it was based on a character of Fu Manchu, who's uh, almost also uh, like a, a famous um, Chinese villain hero that's been written back in the day. But then Marvel lost the rights, and so they had to change that they weren't allowed to use a name, but they wanted to keep that same type of like mysticism. So even like the character of Fu Manchu, he was like he was like a, a Chinese version of Doctor Doom, who was like super super smart. Uh, didn't really use his physical strength to take people down, but if he did, he he would be able to. He could do magic. He could do science. He was just an amazing guy. So you had you know Shang Chi chasing these type of things. So in the way how they've Marvel have listened and at the people who were upset at how they dealt with the Mandarin in the comic books, I think they're really gonna go balls to the wall with that villain for Shang Chi. Mm. I reckon this film's gonna be fucking epic. Yeah. It's gonna be epic. It's just yeah. a, this is gonna be a martial arts film. That's it. It has to be. It mm. has to be. Mm. It, I want it to be John Wick. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a, a, a flat-out martial arts movie. I mean, the from all the um, uh, casting calls they've been putting out and, you know, from all the, the kind of noises that, that Kevin Feige's been making, this sounds like it's just going to be a, a flat-out, like Black Widow is a, is a spy movie with superheroes. I think this is going to be a martial arts movie with with superheroes, effectively, mm. um, which is awesome. Um, you know, I mean, one of the things that I love uh, about this phase and, and what Marvel have been doing is, you know, they've been happy to kind of try out different genres and, and try out different styles. And so they're, you know, they're, they're still, they're still obviously Marvel studios and, you know, they have their formula and, and some people like it and some people don't, but one thing they always try to do is, is to try and add uh, some different layers and, and elements to a, a movie so that it feels like, you know, a romantic comedy or, you know, it feels like a space opera or it feels like a spy thriller or it feels like, you know, something else. So this really feels like it, it's going to be, um, you know, the the martial arts movie that that we've been waiting for from the MCU. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for it, man. Really excited. Mm. Um, and I said, you know, the addition of the Mandarin is just brilliant. Um, and just quickly, the, Rich, as well, the, um, you know, the 10 rings of the title, What what does that refer to? Well, the Ten Rings refer to the rings of the Mandarin. So in the comic book, the Mandarin was basically this character with, uh, I think it was just like a lowly villain who um, was basically just got caught up in like a bad heist. And what happened is that he was trapped in a cave. And in this cave, there was like one ring. If I remember correctly, I think he, he found one ring and then he that ring then basically had a particular power so he could like control fire but it made him super smart and quite strong as well but then the ring then tells him that there's other rings that are available so then he then goes in search of like the nine other rings that make up the ten rings and the ten rings basically went all worn at the same time he's just like super powerful like each each ring has like a particular gemstone from one place that um and it draws power from like different dimensions so one will be able to control fire one will give telekinesis telepathy um one will allow him to fly so um basically the the legend of the ten ring or the you know the level of the ten rings the mandarin basically uses to control his his not in crime gang his crime empire hmm. so yeah so we've already seen that he's got quite a few fingers and pies spreading throughout the marvel universe mm. i'd be really interested mm. to see if they're going to be even bigger than say like what hydra pulled off yeah yeah that was really cool they they showed in in the panel um a, a kind of quick montage of um you know obviously uh scenes from iron man 3 but then yeah. kevin feige said oh hold on a minute you know you may think you know everything about yeah. the, the ten rings but actually they've been here a long time and then yeah, he showed yeah. us like footage from different movies like ant-man um i forgot what else they they showed as well Mm. um where people you know had like kind of 10 rings on on weapons yeah. or one guy has like a 10 rings tattoo on his neck yeah um and it's like oh crap they've been exceeding <laughs> this for, for a while you know mm. Mm. um so they obviously kind of always knew uh what they wanted to do um and that just makes this even more special for me and <laughs> it yeah. just makes yeah. me more excited the fact that you know the the 10 rings have kind of always been there and um, you know, it goes back to your kind of point about the, the Mandarin's criminal empire. And, you know, it, it suggests that the Mandarin will probably be some type of figure like that, 
um, in this movie. Um, and, and yeah, the fascinating thing will be to see how far his, his influence goes and, and for how long it's been going for, you know, so, so yeah, man, the definitely, um, Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings is one you absolutely need to check out. Um, especially if you're a martial arts movie fan. So yeah, yeah. that one will be out, uh, February, 2021. Um, and me and oh, Rich, man. are going to be there. Like, listen, Rich, don't do nothing stupid. Don't get oh, yourself man. <laughs> like February, 2021, we're, we're going to be there checking out Shang-Chi. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And, and this one, um, again, like, you know, Doctor Strange, I, I enjoyed the, the Doctor Strange movie, but I, I've not really been like kind of um, super excited about the further adventures of Doctor Strange at this point. Um, I'm not sure why. Uh, you know, I enjoyed what he did in um, Avengers Infinity War in particular. And I think, you know, that's kind of how I remember Doctor Strange being used as a character in in some of the, the comic books that I read. Um, so I was kind of cool with that. And as I said, I, I liked the Doctor Strange movie, but I, I I suppose I didn't love it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. But when I heard the title of this film, I was like, listen, okay, no, you know what? <laughs> I need to see this fucking movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to see this shit. Like, what? So I said to give the film its full title, it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, um, for me, this just tick so many boxes for me one because um you know we uh rich and i had talked to, uh, on a previous podcast um about spider-man far from home which we unfortunately haven't been able to give a review of as yet but we will be doing so um stick with us and we'll get to it um but you know when we were talking about the trailer we were talking about the reveal of um the multiverse and the fact that you know the multiverse now exists in the mcu um and then if you've seen Homecoming, well, I guess if you haven't seen, sorry, if you haven't seen Far From Home, spoilers, because this is a big spoiler. But um, in the movie, it's revealed that um, Quinton Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, is lying about where he comes from. Um, he's not from the multiverse at all. Um, but when the title came up in Hall H at Comic-Con, you know, Kevin Feige quite rightly pointed out, um, you know, he said just because Quinton Beck is a liar, that doesn't mean he was wrong. Um, so he confirmed that the multiverse does actually exist um, and that we're going to be exploring it in the next Doctor Strange movie. Um, the director, Scott Derrickson, came out as well and he said that he wants to make um, a horror movie, uh, so they've agreed to do that. Um, and then there was a funny bit <laughs> where somebody in the audience um, shouted at Kevin Feige, is it going to be R-rated? And Kevin Feige immediately fired back and said, no, it's going to be page 13 and you're going to like it. <laughs> and, it just, <laughs> and that maybe actually made me laugh. Um, but I'm really kind of excited uh, about the idea of this movie because, um, you know, a lot of people I think were expecting maybe the first Doctor Strange movie would have more horror elements to it and it didn't quite really. Mm. Um, although... I can perfectly understand why they wouldn't do that in his first movie because you you know you kind of need to set the tone and the pace and familiarize people with you know the kinds of worlds that that Doctor Strange deals with. So yeah, yeah it would probably be far too early to to kind of commit to that from the first movie. But now you know everybody knows who Doctor Strange is and and what he's about. Um, you know, plunging him into the multiverse to confront all kinds of terrors and and craziness is is um 
you know, frankly, is very, very exciting to me. Mm. Um, Rich, I mean, I know there's a, a villain in particular that you'd like to see in this movie. So why don't you um, tell the people about Nightmare? Yeah. Yeah. So basically Nightmare is, he's one of those, it's really, really weird because the reason why I'm excited about this film is because it's opening up a whole level of villains that we've never really seen in the in the Marvel universe, and you're going to be getting villains that are not even from this universe or from this dimension. Well, they're from this universe, but not from this from this dimension. And dimensions is something that we've only like like really kind of tinkered with or tampered with in um in Doctor Strange. But there's different dimensions where people rule certain dimensions, and they're not people to be played with, man. Like you've got mm-hmm. like <laughs> you've got like a character like Mephisto. Um, who's just yeah like it's the thing about Mephisto and a lot of these other characters as well is that they're bad they're bad guys but some of them aren't even necessarily evil some of them are just mean people who are bored and they'd be like yeah you know what I'm just gonna go fuck with this person like so like with a character like Mephisto he'll be like yeah I'm bored I've got this demon that you know that I keep in my back closet called Mephistos no sorry not Mephisto Zathoros and you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna go graft that demon onto somebody and just watch him wreak havoc, and and at the end of it, just get that person's soul. I'm gonna do that just because I'm bored, just because I like to collect souls. And then you've got like a character like Nightmare, who basically just feeds off the fear of everybody that lives, you know, in in you know, in in the universe, or, or basically let's say more Earth. And he just goes just hunting and just collecting all the fear and just going around just causing havoc. But in his dimension where he lives, he can control anything and everything. He can create life. He can destroy life. This is going to be a fucking head trip. Because mm-hmm. the first Doctor Strange was like was the first yeah, Doctor that Strange. Was super trippy, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- like the first Doctor Strange is 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 some is one of I think it could be in my my top five of my top five Marvel films. Mm. Like it was it was just so on point for what Doctor Strange is and what he should be bringing or like bringing that different aspect into this universe that we've missed, you know, you know, we've got like the, the science, the science fiction part with Iron Man and so forth. Then we've got the, 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 the kind of like the ground level of like what happens in the government of like Captain America. And then, you know, then we've got, now we've got this, then we've got the gods with like, you know, Thor and everything. And then we're going to have like bona fide dimension hopping magic. This is going to be crazy. Hmm. This is going to be crazy. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. And the fact that it's got Scarlet Witch in it. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, mm. they, they um, you know, Marvel uh, brought out Elizabeth Olsen um, onto the stage and confirmed that Wanda Maximoff will, will be in this movie as well. Mm. Um, and it was kind of strongly, well, not even strongly hinted. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the, the Disney Plus TV shows, but... Kevin Feige kind of made it clear that basically, um, you know, by the time Wanda appears in in this movie, she will be full on Scarlet Witch, as in, um, you know, she'll fully kind of have embraced her powers. Um, And, you know, how the process she goes to to get to that will be explored in in the TV show um, that's coming out that, as said, Rich and I will will get to in a moment. But, um, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see her alongside... Uh, Stephen Strange, you know, going through the multiverse and, as you said, confronting all manner of of crazy, crazy powered beings. 
Um, and then on top of that, you throw in um, Carl Mordo in the mix as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and he's going to be out there doing his thing as well. Um, you know, so it, it it just really sounds like this is going to be, as Richard said, a, a, a whole trip. If Doctor, if you found Doctor Strange one a trip, this is going to be a whole nother trip. Right here. <laughs> um, and it's going to be a horror movie. Yes, it's going to be a PG-13 horror movie. And, you know, some people were, were kind of griping on social media as they do, because that's what social media does about the fact that it's not R-rated and it can't be a horror movie if it's not R-rated. And I was just like, really? Like and you call yourself a horror movie fan, and what you've never seen horror movies that are are, are PG thirteen, um, or you know for a UK context that are twelve um, rating or a fifteen rating. You know I, I can think of a couple just off the top of my head. Um, uh, some of them which were really good, uh, like the Nicole Kidman movie. Um, oh God, like. I've now forgotten the name, but you know, the one where she and her kids are move into a house and, and are being terrorized by like ghosts and stuff in the house. Oh, oh the, hour, no, the hours. Is it hours? Uh, no, not the hours. Uh, is, is it the outsiders or, or something like that? I, I really can't remember no. the name, <laughs> which no, is shameful, but um, yeah, it, it was really, really good, really good movie, really well done. And that was like a 12, you know, when that came out, um, you know, there was no blood and guts in it. Um, but it was really like quite tense and quite scary because of how well it had been filmed and, and put together. Um, and, you know, the director of Dr. Strange, Scott Der Derrickson has got background in horror. The others. Kind of, Sorry. The others. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The others. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's got a background in horror. So like the guy knows what he's doing. So, you know, yeah, give it a, a chance and, and watch a trailer at least, and then draw your conclusion. But um, yeah, as I said, for me, I'm excited for that. Rich is excited for it. Um, that one will be out on May the 7th, 2021. So um, yeah, we've got a couple of years to wait for that, unfortunately. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be worth the wait, definitely. Mm. Um, and then the final movie that was confirmed is is one that um, was rumored in, in the press. Uh, and that is for four, or to give it its proper name, for Love and Thunder. Yeah. Um, now they had a, a big kind of razzmatazz. They had a logo reveal for it, which was pretty awesome as well. Um, it really kind of had that that um, kind of big stadium heavy metal band look to the logo, which I love. Um, and you know they they dropped a couple of bombs with that one as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah a couple of bombs with that one. So um, Taika Waititi, the director of Four Ragnarok, which is you know one of the funniest films I've I've ever seen. Man, I, I love that movie <laughs> so much. Like seriously, it's one of my it's one of my favorite comedies now. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just easy. Um, so Taika Waititi came out and and he talked a little bit about kind of what would be influencing the movie and, and some of the ideas. So he kind of confirmed that the Korg will be back um, hmm. and Meek will be back as well. So yeah. that made me very happy. Um, he confirmed as well that, um, you know, the, uh, uh, Tessa Thompson's character, Valkyrie um, Brumhilda, uh, is still the king of Asgard um, as for anointed her at the end of uh, Avengers Endgame. And she confirmed that, you know, she, the first thing she's going to do is look for a queen, um, which was their way of, of basically confirming that uh, they're going to have their first uh, LGBTQ uh, mo movie character in the, in the MCU. 
Yeah. Um, well, well, not the first. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, because um, Joe Russo's cameo was was probably the first, but certainly the first superhero um, yeah. that will be LGBTQ. Um, so that was kind of a big, you know, a, a said bombshell because you know for a long time people have wanted um, to see more LGBTQ representation within the MCU, and it looks like we're finally going to get it. Um, and you know, Tessa Thompson's awesome. I love her as Valkyrie. I think she was amazing. Um, so anytime I get to see me some more of her, I'm, I'm down. Um, and the other bombshell they dropped was that, uh, you know, Taika Waititi has been taking his inspiration from, um, the most recent run of the mighty four. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the key things of certainly, I, I think it was more towards the early part of Jason Aaron's run. Was it? Um, yeah. no, no, it was about, about halfway through Jason. About halfway. Okay. Yeah. Right. So halfway through um, Jason Aaron's comic book run of, of the Mighty Four, um, he introduced uh, four or Lady Four or Female Four. I mean, just four is, is fine, but basically four is Jane Foster. Um, and so, you know, when Taika said that, the audience was like, whoa, we're going to get like Lady Four work. And then he was like, well, there's only one person who can play that. And then out comes Natalie Portman. And I was like, wait, I swear to God, Natalie Portman said, like, she's done with this team. Yeah, like, yeah, she's finished. Yeah. She, she ain't doing they, this they no more. Out. They wrote her out of the films. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they basically wrote her character out, as you yeah. said, because she, she kind of said she was done. Um, but then, yeah, lo and behold, they said they brought her out and, and there she was. And she's going to be playing um, Mighty Four. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, she'll be playing Mighty Four in, in Four Love and Thunder. And, um yeah, my mind is blown because I said I was not expecting them to bring her out at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was assuming, you know, it, it, maybe it would be Valkyrie or or they might, you know, introduce a, a new actor to the part. But yeah, there she was. And so she's going to be, um, as I said, Mighty Four in, in this movie. So, yeah. yeah, a couple of bombshells there. But um, Rich, I mean, I know you're a big, big fan of um, Jason Aaron's work on yeah. on Four in general and, and what he's kind of done with that world. So could you just, um, again, for the benefit of those who, who maybe haven't read the comic book run, explain a little bit about how um, Jane Foster becomes Four and, and, and kind of what, role she plays in in the marvel comics yeah well i mean basically what i'm gonna say is this first and foremost anybody that hasn't read jason aaron's run on store i seriously go and pick it up now Hmm. just start like it doesn't even start off with jane foster as being thought it starts off with him gee oh wow like jesus his his storytelling on Thor. i haven't read a good store storyline like that in a good few years like not 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 a good few like in years i mean we had like decent storylines of them of like maybe you know there's guardians moving down to you know to the planet earth and living you know in new kansas or wherever texas or something like that that wasn't bad but what jason aaron done did with this run like he just he reminds me of like jonathan hickman like Mm. when they write stories they don't write short game they write long game so i mean jason aaron's run total to you know the total run of his storylines i think it's like five years six years but it's just one continuous story and then he then starts to create all these ideas and leak them into like the rest of like marvel comic books so this isn't just like just centered on thor like you find out that thor is had has fought against like the person who created the venom symbiote he thought him he fought him years ago when he was when he was a kid he wasn't even able to hold money yet but these are the type of stories that he was writing. 
But anyway, halfway through, Althor basically loses the ability to pick up his hammer. And in his place, there always has to be a Thor. If you can't be Thor, then somebody else can. And what people seem to forget is that Thor is always going to be Thor, technically, when he has, even if he hasn't got the hammer. But only a person that's worthy can pick up the hammer. And people always forget his power. No, you have to be somebody very, very special to be able to pick up the hammer. The, the, the hammer needs to find you, you know, it has to approve you. And um, we've known, obviously, in the MCU, we've seen, we know that Odin can pick it up because it's him that put enchantment on the hammer. Um, or, well, basically, the hammer allows him to pick it up. There's been a bit of a retcon. We know that the vision can pick up the hammer because he's a symbiote and probably because he's only, he'd only been awake for like an hour. So there was no concept of good or evil in him for the hammer to not find him worthy. So then by default, he's able to pick it up. Um, and then obviously, we've got old good American, you know, the American, America's ass, Captain mm -hmm. America, who's super worthy, who can pick it up, um, you know, and, and use as is. And then basically, there always has to be a Thor if there's nobody worthy to pick up the hammer. And lay, um, I think um, Thor's mother basically calls down or sends the, the beacon down to Jane Foster and tells her to come up and pick the hammer up and um, to become Thor. Now, the kicker to this is that Jane Foster at this point is suffering from cancer. Mm. And she's refused all type of medication from Thor and the Asgardians to, to cure the cancer completely. Not if they try and battle it, they can just cure it completely. But because she's always worked in the medical profession and she's seen people live and die and she's helped people, you know, survive death or help people ease, ease their way into death, um, she's, you know, she's, she's an amazing person. She's worthy. So that's why she's able to pick up the hammer. Now, the thing is, every time she changes into Thor, she obviously has the same powers as Thor, and you know she's just a female Thor. But every time she strikes the hammer down, changes back to Jane Foster. Whatever chemotherapy she's had during that period before she changed, uh, it reverts back to zero. So if she's at stage four, basically what happens is that she changes into Thor. She's superhuman powered. When she changes back into Jane Foster, it doesn't go back to like just normal stage four. It might be like stage four point one. So every time she's using this power to do good because the hammer finds her worthy, it finds her worthy because she's doing the right thing because she's helping all these millions of people throughout the universe. But every time she changes back to normal, she's slowly dying because the cancer's taken over her body. So it's this double-edged sword where she's got this need to do good where she's just not confined to a hospital. And then you've got the hammer that finds Jane Foster worthy. And we find out that the hammer has a form of sentience it's like a it, you know it it understands things and it finds jane jane foster so worthy that jane foster can do things that odin couldn't do with a hammer or thor couldn't do with a hammer because it didn't respect them enough to allow them to use to do particular things it's an amazing story it's so so good um but i mean if taiki Wahiti can bring in just a little bit of that into this love and thunder film you know we're blessed we're blessed <laughs> we're blessed we're blessed but like i said anybody who hasn't read jason aaron's, aaron's run of thor go and pick it up, mm, pick mm. It up. yeah definitely listeners um take that recommendation as read from us um go and check out that that comic book series it is amazing i haven't finished it um but you know i i have read parts of it and what i read of it blew me away so um you know you've absolutely got to go and check that out for sure 
Um, yeah, so that will be out with us in November 2021. God, these films feel so far away, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, we do have um, some new additions uh, to the Marvel Studios lineup, and these will be uh, TV shows. Um, we don't know exactly how long or how many episodes they're, they're going to be. Um, the rumor is there'll be about six episodes each um, for each show. Uh, but they're being treated as Marvel Studios productions. That means they're going to have high budgets. Um, so you won't be getting no TV level CGI and, and things like that. They're, they're going all in on these. Um, and they'll be released exclusively on Disney's new streaming platform, Disney+. Plus. Um, so, yeah, another reason for you to fork out some more money for a streaming service. But, but you know, it looks like there's some quite interesting titles uh, that are coming up on here. The, the first one that we'll get is uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, we didn't get, again, a lot of detail about this from the panel. Um, they were obviously trying to keep everything under wraps. Um, but it's rumored to kind of be about kind of how um, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes kind of adjust to life without uh, Steve Rogers around and, and kind of post um, Avengers Endgame world uh, and kind of confronting different, you know, challenges and, and different threats as they come about. Um, it was interesting that they didn't give us any kind of concept designs or, or anything like that um, in terms of what Falcon and, and Winter Soldier are going to look like in the TV show. Um, but one reveal that we did get um, was that Zemo from Captain America Civil War will be the, the main villain of, of the show. Um, and they did like a really cool thing where they um, the actors were talking on stage and then like the lights just blacked out. Um, and then you heard Zemo's voice saying the, the phrases from Captain America Civil War um, to trigger Bucky. Um, and then he came on screen and he was kind of dressed. Um, you couldn't see fully how he was dressed, but uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures yet, Rich, but you can see kind of like his face and his shoulders. Yeah. And from his shoulders, you can see he's wearing like a kind of fur lined jacket, a bit like yeah. um, what he wears in the comics. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a still of him which, with the purple mask on as well. Um, so they've actually kind of gone and embraced the, you know, the, the character's roots. And, um, you know, I'm really excited for, for this show, partly because um, I quite enjoyed the um, Sam Wilson as Captain America um, comic book run that, that I read recently. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of how he the, the, the show deals with that. Um, I'm interested in, you know, where the Winter Soldier is at as well. Um, but mostly I'm interested in, in Zemo because Zemo was such a good character from, from Civil yeah. War. I mean, effectively, yeah. you know, he was a terrorist. That, that's yeah. what he was. Yeah. And it meant that his character was just super duper grounded. So, you know, even with all the kind of crazy superhero shenanigans in that movie, there was always a, a, a sense that he was a real threat because he was not some guy who could chuck fireballs and, and this and that and the other. He was a guy who was smart who had to kind of outthink, you know, the Avengers. He couldn't mm. use his might to do it. Um, and so to me, you know, that's what I really uh, um, am looking forward to with with that, you know. Um, but, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on the TV series? I mean, will, is, is it something that's kind of interesting you in terms of what you've learned so far? I mean, I know it's not a lot, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Like, I'm, I'm excited in the relationship between the two. Because... Mm. 
I, I, I this is what I feel I think we're going to get from it which is it's very much going to be about them dealing with you know with Baron Zemo being the villain but I think you're going to get this throughout some of these films throughout some of these TV shows this is going to be our this is going to be us seeing them dealing with stuff that's happened since the the blip as as, as they know as they now call it so mm. it's them adjusting to certain things so for example I'm really interested in the, the you know the relationship that's going to be between Falcon and Bucky is like they're guys that really shouldn't like each other and they do like each other but they don't like to show that they like each other but you know they've got that mutual respect for Steve Rogers and so they know that they've got they've got they've got a, um, a position to fill um I like that I like I'm good I like this I want to see how that relationship's gonna you know flourish without the glue between the two of them you know hmm. they're two characters that would that would have laid down their lives for Steve. Hmm. And now that person isn't around, technically they don't really need to hang out, to be honest, you know? Hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to what I hope happens is that we see a bit more of a human side to Bucky because he's been awake now for a little while. Hmm. We've seen that he's had a bit of like brainwashing with the help of the Wakandans. So I'd like to feel that he's becoming more adjusted to life now, the same way how Captain America became adjusted to life over a certain amount of time when you watch the films. He'll always have that center core of like Steve Rogers, but he's adjusted to the times that, you know, we're not in the 1940s, 1940s anymore. You know, there's a lot more red tape and things like that, but it's made me more human now that I realized my surroundings. I'm more used to it. I'll always be a man out of time, but I'm more used to it now. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to that happening to him, but then at the same time, having a character like Zemo, who has that one thing which I can only imagine that once Bucky's adjusted to this thing, his fear of what Zemo has over him. I, I want to see, I want to see the one, like I want to see Winter Soldier be the Winter Soldier with, with the Falcon, but I want to see the bad Winter Soldier pop out at some point. I want this to be equivalent of like when Angel used to have perfect euphoria by having sex in Buffy and then he becomes Angelus and then for like a little while he's just running around doing bad shit because he just want to be like, yeah man, do some bad shit and then I want to see you be good again. I want to see that side. I want to see them explore, you know, how how he's adjusting and how he's dealing with things. Especially mm. now, you know, he needs to he needs to learn how to trust people. This this is going to be really 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 good um, TV show, I think. Then on the flip side, you've got the Falcon, who's got this you know this undying allegiance to once again this person that only didn't. That's the only thing that was keeping him together. But not just that, but he's now become his own hero. The person that he looked up to and would lie his lay his life down for, he is now that person. Everybody now follows him. His word technically might be bond between a lot of people that wouldn't normally come together because he's been given the AOK by this person who had that position formerly. That's a that's a lot of pressure. Take into account that Falcon's backstory is that one of the reasons why he left his unit is because he lost his partner. So already he, you, we know that he's a leader, but he's lost somebody under his leadership. So now he's happy being, you know, the second in command and, and, you know, and following that person. He's now been put into that position of having to lead, not just, you know, a little group, but technically thousands of millions of people. He has a nation following him. Mm. This is going to be, this is going to be a good show, man. Yeah. It's yeah. A good show. Definitely. Definitely. So, yep, that's one to look out for, listeners. And um, we don't have a release date for that yet. Um, I guess it will be confirmed when Disney Plus uh, finally launches, which is, 
I think in the US in November of this year. So um, at some point we'll we'll find out, but it will be some point in 2020 is when the series was, is expected to drop. Um, the next one that they've got lined up for us is called One Division. Um, now this one by the title you would have guessed uh, will feature uh, Wanda Maximoff, aka the Scarlet Witch, um, and it looks like some type of return for the Vision. Um, because Paul Bettany was there on the stage as well. Um, and apparently this series is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they were leaning in very heavily to the fact that, um, you know, this series is going to be a bit weird and they've taken a bit of a risk with this one. Um, from They weren't w willing to c give away too much information at all, um, other than that, you know, tonally it will really shift throughout the the episodes they confirmed that it is six episodes for this one um and that you know tonally there's going to be like a lot of wild tonal shifts um and it's going to explore like kind of a lot of um different themes but again they really were, were playing clever and, and trying not to give away the, the ghost too much um some people have speculated that it's based on the comic book series um the visions um that, that came out recently um, where Vision kind of tries to have like a normal American life and, and builds himself a, a family of Visions. Um, so some people have said it, you know, it may follow the tone of that because the tone of that apparently is quite offbeat and off the wall. Um, they may also obviously lean into a bit of um, Scarlet Witch's kind of comic book history and, and um, you know, the fact that her and, uh, Vision had children at one point and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, we, we can expect everything and anything from from this TV series, it looks like, to be honest. Um, and one of the big announcements that they did give away was that the series will also feature um, a character that everybody would have been introduced to first in Captain Marvel, um, and that is Monica Rambeau. Mm. Um now that's a big reveal. I was like, wow, okay, like you've not told us anything about the plot or anything like that, but you're telling us Monica Rambeau is in this as well. Like, Jesus, like <laughs> that's a big one. So, um, yeah, I mean, Rich, uh, I mean, in Captain Marvel, you don't really get a sense of, of why the name Monica Rambeau is is one that's um you know quite in, entwined with with marvel comics history and, and it's quite important so um you know for those that don't know could you explain a little bit about from a comic book point of view who monica rambo is and and why she's important well basically monica rambo in the comic books was the first well it's the first don't be silly slap myself um <laughs> was it <laughs> Well, no, um, I know what you mean, but she she yeah. was the the first, basically the first woman to take the, the the mantle of Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's correct. And not that I say it's important, but it is important. She was also black, hmm. <laughs> so she was a, a black female who was who took on the mantle of Captain Marvel when Captain the when, when the original Captain Marvel passed away from cancer. Um, and she was she was like a prominent character. She was in she's been on the Avengers team. She's had her own limited series. She's been on the West Coast Avengers. She's she's been around for quite for quite some time, and it's. I mean, I'm really interested to see what they're gonna do with her because I mean, obviously she have the Captain Marvel um, title now. Uh, she actually lost it originally in the comics to. In fact, was it no? She didn't lose it. Cap. She didn't. She lost it to Janice Bell, who mm. was the original Captain Marvel's son. 
and basically the reason why she gave it to him is she was like listen like you know i took the the name means a lot more to you than it does to me although i have had it for for, for quite some time um but you know i'll just find my own name and she basically ends up calling herself photon hmm. so what it is is that Monica Rambeau's power, whether she's called Captain Marvel or whether she's called Photon, is that she's able to control and to change herself into any form of energy on a particular spectrum. Um, so she can make herself to be like, um, you know, X-ray power. So like, you know, there's certain X-rays have like certain electromagnetic powers. She can change herself into like pure light, but then different types of light. So she can control infrared. She's a pretty badass character for real um so i'm really interested to see how they're going to bring her into this and if she's going to get those type of powers mm. or yeah this is going to be odd is it going to be a monica rambo in fact is it going to be a monica rambo from our mcu or is it going to be a monica rambo from another mcu because it's been rumored that unless you said this already the tv show is linked directly to dr strange um yeah, yeah. Dr. Strange sequel mm. which is obviously about you know, which are going to be exploring the multiverse. So, this is Marvel have really they've really stepped up their game with this Phase Four man. Because I, I had, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Loud, I just remember I, I had worries. I was like, man, they've lost RDJ, they've lost you know Chris Evans. I mean, I can't see Chris, Chris not Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth staying for too you know for too long. They've lost Scarlett Johansson. I mean, Jeremy Renner. You're pretty cool, but they still haven't really shown you the respect I think you deserve. Okay, are you going to stay on? Because you might get a bit upset. We're just going to be left with these new people. And then, then they unveiled this phase four, and I just went, yeah, Rich, you're a fool. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you doubt them? Don't stand in the corner with a dunce hat. <laughs> yeah, don't ever doubt Mr. Feige. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Or as Kevin Smith calls him, our fearless leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the, going back to Monica Rambeau, yeah, it's it's um, really fascinating that they've chosen to include her in um, this show. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, she was part of um, the Ultimates as well, wasn't she? Yeah, the Ultimates. That, yeah, one came out with. Yeah, she, she was the lead of the Ultimates. Mm. Yeah, she she she's a, she's she's a pre- she's a pretty big deal. Mm, mm. Yeah, so it'll be very very interesting to see. And as Rich um, said, you know this series that uh, kevin feige confirmed that this series is, is basically tied to the doctor strange sequel so the things that they address in this tv show will you know have repercussions for um the doctor strange movie so um yeah it, 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 again you know when i learned this title last year um i was kind of like one division what the hell no mm. but you know now i've kind of seen a tiny tiny window into what they're doing i'm I'm kind of like damn like why did i doubt them i'm, I'm the same as you i'm just like what why did i doubt like i'm a fool <laughs> you know mm. i'm I'm a fool we're, we're all fools but um yeah one division is uh due out sometime in 2021 again they haven't given any like release dates for the tv shows um obviously because they're all appearing on on the disney plus platform so we'll have to wait and see um what date comes out for that i'm sure we'll find out some more um over the coming months um the next show that they introduced to us was loki um now this is one we've known about for a little while um we we i think pretty much when disney plus was announced they announced that there was going to be a loki tv show straight away um 
and Tom Hiddleston was there at, at the panel on Hall H and, you know, everybody was going nuts for him as they usually do. Um, and it was interesting because he said that, um, you know, they obviously, again, didn't give away any details at all about plot, but um, he said, you know, bear in mind that, you know, the last time you saw Loki, it was, you know, Loki at the end of Avengers Endgame who has disappeared with the Tesseract. Um, and, you know, bear in mind that this Loki is not the same as the Loki that you saw grow into a different person um, by, you know, for the Dark World um, and then for Ragnarok and then kind of completing his redemption in uh, Avengers Infinity War. You know, he said this is a, a totally different character. This is a character who just had his ass kicked by the Hulk and is pissed. And now he's got the power of the Tesseract in his hand. Um, you know, so the, the fun kind of comes from watching what Loki does with, with the Tesseract. And it's been hinted that, you know, there'll be time travel involved and that he'll appear at different events in human history. Um, we don't know what he's going to get up to, but he is the God of mischief. So you have to assume again, a pissed off Loki is going to be up to no good with the Tesseract, but, um, you know, it, it could be a fun show. Um, this one, I think I'm, I am looking forward to, I'm not as excited as some of the other shows, but, um, but I'm interested, you know, I, I am interested to see kind of what that type of Loki is going to do. If, if as the rumors are true, you know, he pops up at, at different events in, in human history. Um, Rich, how about you? Uh, I mean, how are you feeling about the Loki TV show? You know what? I think this is the one that um, I wasn't too fussed about. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, <sighs> Don't get me wrong. It's like I'm happy that we've got Loki back. Mm. But at the same time, it's like I, I suppose this, this is how he is in a comic, though, isn't he? It's like you know, he's got the back and forth thing, and maybe they can bring him back to being like a really good villain. I remember now was like the good guy, and I got being the good guy. Like until Ragnarok, he was he was perfect, mm. and um, so to change it back to like that evil Loki, I'm, I'm like, but we've. And we're just going back on a character that we've seen development with. Because mm. the one thing I've always said is that before Loki became good, he was a really good, he was a really well-written villain. And mm. I think a lot of people seem to forget that. And they forget that because he then became this caricature of himself, which is still a good, you know, school, still a good version of him. But then, you know, remember where the character's come from. Mm. But if, you've seen, if you remember that evolution, do we really want to go back to that? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's... I'm. I'm just. The only thing that's me- that I'm excited about is just to see Tom Hiddleston play the character. But I'm not. I think this is something that I could be like. Yeah, I don't. Don't really need it. I just like Tom Hiddleston. But I could go back and we just rewatch the the films where he plays a really good Thor version, um, um, Loki, and then um, just be happy with that because they're all, all good, you know, performances. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just not not super excited about it to be honest. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. As said, um, you know, I'm not overly excited by it, but I um, but I suppose I'm curious. You know, they've piqued my curiosity, so I'll definitely at least watch the first episode, um, you know, and, and, and see what they've got planned for us there. But but um, yeah, Loki, I think we're, we're lukewarm on Loki. We're not necessarily yeah. red hot on, on Loki, but... Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, Tom Hiddleston's back and, you know, he's a, a very charming actor. And um, as Rich said, you know, he did a great job with the, the character of Loki uh, across the movie. So we wait and see what they have in store for us. Um, the next show, which is also due out in 2021, is called What If? 
Um, now, this one is one that I think I'll, I'll let Rich go in on because, um, you know, this is very much kind of based on comic books and, and comic book lore and comic book background. So, um, Rich, you know, what kind of, I, I guess, just explain a little bit about what the What If series was or, or it is, really. Well, well, basically, the What If series, well, I mean, once we once we go into this, you hopefully you guys have been that have been listening have been paying attention, um, and you'll see there's a, there's a common theme that's been running since let's say Avengers uh, Avengers Endgame, no Avengers Infinity War. So what if is basically is based on a comic book series, which has been it's had various like volumes throughout the years. But um, it always it always opens with a character called the Watcher. So there's a character called Yuatu the Watcher, and the Watcher is from a race of beings called the Watchers. And what it is is that each Watcher will belong to a particular universe, and they will then you know just watch that universe and record everything that's happening in that universe from from the beginning of time. Um, and what they do in their spare time is that they basically just look at other universes that are being run by other watchers and so each issue was you know would be ba- unless it was a continuation or like a let's say a multi-part story each issue would be a standalone story set in a particular you know universe where things are slightly different so for example there might be one story where oh i'll tell you a couple of famous stories uh, the famous story would be like what if the silver surfer had possessed the infinity gauntlet so what would happen is that they took the original story of the Infinity Gauntlet, but at some point in that story, something changes ever so slightly. And that's what basically sets off a multiverse, a multiversal branch from this being one universe into like now another universe. And it all stem. So all of these other multiverses stem from one place. So if you guys aren't understanding what I'm saying, go back and watch um, Avengers Endgame again. And when the ancient one is explaining to Doctor or Professor Hulk, how the how the multiverse works it, it's you know it's pretty much like that. So you have one universe, and every time something or a paradox happens, a branch will come off that branch, and a branch will come off that branch. Um, so let's say for example that in one universe, you could have that the, instead of the end of end game, you get um, instead of uh, Tony Stark getting all of the getting the the gems back away from Thanos, uh, he doesn't get the he doesn't get the gems. So it could be like the story would be, what if Thanos had kept the Infinity Gauntlet, and probably what would happen is that he would have killed, you know, X Y Z. Then you can tell this whole brand new story without it having any form of, you know, uh, lasting consequences in our main universe that we know and love and read and watch. Um, so basically, there's going to be some crazy stories out there. I'm sure of it because they can literally write anything, and it might upset some people. I'm sure, to be honest, a lot of the stories are going to excite a lot of people because everybody has something that they wish could, you know, maybe happen different in any of the films or any of the stories that we know. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there who would be like, well, I want to know what would have happened if Incredible Hulk had thought, for had fought Thanos for the second time. Like you can do, you can do anything and just keep people happy. Hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard any of the titles for any of the episodes jay so i don't know if you have if you have no no i mean again they're they're keeping it stum um so they they really haven't given much details at all um all we know at the moment is that um as rich explained uh you know that what if 
um, concept is is basically, you know, going to be um, a series of episodes based around what might have happened if they, certain events had gone differently in the MCU. Mm. Now, this is, is series is going to be animated, so it will be animated rather than live action. Um, but Kevin Feige confirmed that most of, of the people who have uh, played roles within the MCU are returning to provide their voice um, for characters as well. Um, so there'll be no kind of difference there. And in the cases where they haven't been able to get returns for them, I'm sure they'll just get, um, what's his name, Ross Marquand, the guy who was um, Red Skull. Because he did bloody Red Skull so brilliantly. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll think of ways to to work around it for those that that don't return but um yeah there's there's very little in the way of hints although some sharp-eyed people have noticed that if you look at the official logo they released for what if yeah if you zoom in on the top left hand corner of the w mm. yeah um you can see a zombie uh captain america in the corner. oh yeah 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 so um, possibly that we might be getting some Marvel zombies thrown in there in the yeah. mix, maybe you know, yeah. um, for the, for those that are familiar with that comic book uh, arc. Um, so that might be in the mix. Um, the the vo- the Watcher is being voiced by Jeffrey Wright, um, who was in Westworld and is Felix. Um, he, he's Felix in um, the Bond movies, right, as well. Yeah, Felix, Felix Leiter, yeah. Yeah, Felix Leiter um, in the Bond movies, and he's done loads of other stuff as well. He's in Sharky Road. Yeah, man. yeah, he, Peoples. <laughs> <laughs> Peoples Hernandez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you'll, you'll recognise it definitely. You'll you'll know the voice as soon as you hear it. Um, and he's a great choice for Uatu because he's got that kind of gravelly kind of voice yeah. that immediately kind of, you know, it projects gravitas and knowledge so um you know that's exactly the type of person you want as as the watcher um so yeah you know that that's a really good choice they made there but but yeah no they're, they're keeping the details very secret on that one so again we'll have to wait and see um what they have lined up for us but again that will be launching in 2021 on the disney plus streaming service and the last tv series that we got an announcement for um, is one that I think Rich is really excited for. I'm kind of excited for as well, purely because of the title card and, and the way that they've done it, and they've done it in a certain way. Rich is going to explain why that's significant in just a sec. Um, but it is a Hawkeye TV series. Um, it will be starring Jeremy Renner, who will be returning to the role of Hawkeye. Um, and they've also announced that in the series, um, Hawkeye will be mentoring a character called Kate Bishop. Um, now, as I said, that name is very significant and um, the logo that they've released is very significant for a reason. Um, and I'm going to let Rich explain that reason why, because I know he's super, super excited. <laughs> but Rich, um, yeah, just fill the people in, man, on, on what they're missing out on. Listen. the way i'm excited for this show like i've said before on on previous shows before um and if even if not on this one then on you know our other show that we do also do called the bebop rewatch uh if you guys haven't listened to that listen to it soon tune in we're like episode like nine is where we do like a review of cowboy bebop quick little plug there but yeah i have a list of tattoos that i'm gonna get and i've been thinking of years of how i can get like a hawkeye tattoo on me without you know without it looking i mean just looking awesome and i keep on looking back to this run of the hawkeye 
comic um, done by written by Matt Fraction and basically um, with the art by David Aha. He's a Spanish artist and it is one of the best comic book runs I've, I've read ever and it's what made me actually enjoy the character of Hawkeye. So that's why I was quite upset with the way how Hawkeye has been portrayed throughout the MCU. Um, and obviously they did the whole turnaround and try to, they, you know, they did manage to appease that a little bit by create, you know, by turning Hawkeye into the character of Ronin when his family passed away. But um, yeah, but this one seems to be based on like the Matt Fraction run. And it's, wow. It's basically, you just find out that Hawkeye is just literally a normal guy. Like he was friends with Natasha and everything, but I think what we're gonna get from Natasha's training back in the day when she was, you know, when she was part of like the KGB and Secret Service and things, like she was built for this life. Um, she may be a bit scared here and there, but she was, you know, she's she's seen some shit already. Um, no matter what, you know, that's the reason why she's able to, you know, calm down the Hulk or and able to, and, and also able to like, you know, outthink characters like Loki. Like she's been around for a little while, and even though her and Hawkeye get on and Hawkeye's been around for a little while, he's still only just a guy. He doesn't have the super suit. He hasn't got like a, a super soldier serum. You know, you know, he's, he's still, you know, like the best way to describe it is that the speech that he gives in Avengers Age of Ultron to, you know, to, to Scarlet Witch when she's scared to go out. And he's like, I'm on a floating city fighting against robots with a bow and arrow. Nothing gets crazier than that. And he, in this run, he just always has that he he's you find out that he's always plowed and plagued by by self-doubt um and then you get this character called kate bishop who's you know younger than him and you know and she's essentially ends up being a better archer than him so he's like shit i've got to, now you know, i've got found someone that's better than me but i'm never going to admit that she's better than me but she wants to enter this game so i'm now going to train her i'm going to mentor her and it's just this this relationship of these two guys who are just as bad as each other um but have this you know unspoken love between them like brother and sister and they just get into scraps and just get into trouble um and it's just it's, i really hope they yeah this is going to be a good show this is a mm-hmm. show that, that's got me for for reals <laughs> for reals with an s on the end i'm not even joking man. <laughs> with a z on the end man <laughs> with a z on the end so for yeah um, but they said that they're going to be they, we're going to explore the history um, that we don't get to see of the, that period when Clint Barton, uh, you know, who is Hawkeye, was when he gave up that that title and he and he was running around doing Ronin stuff. So I'm really excited about that because I, I thought we were going. I thought he was going to be Ronin throughout the whole of Endgame. To be honest, I really wanted to see that dark side of him, but we only see it that bit when he's you know when he's taken out the Yakuza and then after that he just becomes a bit of a good guy again. But um, I really want to see him go down that dark path, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as Rich has, has outlined there, you know, um, the the reason why the the title card or, or the um, the the actual image that they're using to promote this is so significant is because it's the same image that's the same logo that's used on um, the comic book run "My Life as a Weapon." Um, by Matt Fraction, as, as as Rich said, and um, you know, it really is a fantastic comic book run. 
Um, so if, you know, we are getting an adaptation of this, I will going to be super happy. There's really only a couple of things I want to see from this show. I want to see, um, Hawkeye in a purple t-shirt with jeans and, and some converse on and his bow strapped across his chest yeah. with, uh, with, with plasters across his nose. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to see, you know, I want to see Kate Bishop. I want to see Kate Bishop just killing it as an archer. Mm. Um, and I want him to go up against Russian gangsters in red yeah. Adidas tracksuits and say, come on, bro. Yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> come on. And they drive Beatles. Then yeah, they, go, they drive Volkswagen Beatles. Beatles. This is yeah. not cool, bro. You better bring the money back, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god like listeners you gotta read the comic it's, it's just amazing absolutely amazing it, it really is um so yeah make sure you, you go and check out my life as a weapon um and read that uh in time for when that series comes out because yeah. uh, yeah. as said if if the series is going to be based on on that comic book run my goodness we're in for quite the ride yeah <laughs> And um, yeah, that's it. That was all we got for phase four. Well, that was the entirety of phase four. So phase four will be lasting for two years. Um, well, kind of, yeah, yeah, two years. So yeah, 2020 years. And, and, and 2021. So yeah. So we got all of that information. Um, then Kevin Feige said at the end that, you know, they didn't even have time really to talk about the Fantastic Four or to talk about black panther 2 or to talk about captain marvel 2 or to talk about guardians of the galaxy volume 3 or to talk about mutants which everybody kind of popped for um and i'm assuming that we'll find some more information out about that at um the disney uh, convention that's coming up d23 yeah. um, which will be in august so yeah i'm assuming we'll we'll get something i don't know if we'll get like a full-on information dump like we got here um it may just be more kind of hints and, and costume designs and, and things like that but but yeah well i'm sure we'll we'll find out something um at d23 as, as to what they're they're working on with those so if you're a fan of those then uh those are coming in the future but as kevin feige is the ultimate showman um he had one little last trick up his sleeve um he introduced mahershala ali to the stage um, and he revealed uh, a baseball cap and they posted up the Blade logo um, or a new logo for a Blade movie from Marvel Studios um, that apparently will be coming in phase five and everybody lost their shit in the room. <laughs> mm. like everybody literally went bananas when the, the Blade logo came up. Like it was as loud a pop as um, when they did the batman v superman logo yeah, reveal yeah, yeah yeah it was as loud as that like pe there were literally people going holy shit like, <laughs> um so yeah we're getting a, a brand new blade movie in um in phase five mm. and um yeah i'm just like i'm i'm jazzed i'm jazzed the blade is back i'm glad that blade is in the mcu um i have not a lot of expectations of of the movie or the plot at this point i i think because it's still very early days so there's not a lot for us to kind of go off of but um mahershala ali is a, a terrific actor um a two-time academy award winner um you know i haven't watched his season of true detective yet but to all intents and purposes he's absolutely brilliant in that um you know i was a big fan of him in moonlight as well i thought he was fantastic in moonlight which he won his first oscar for um and the guy definitely brings chops you know there, there's no question about that so 
Um, it's just a case of waiting to see what they do in terms of character design and, and kind of action and atmosphere and things like that. But um, and also, of course, how they're going to explain the existence of vampires in the MCU like that. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that is a madness. I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that, again, it will going back to that Doctor Strange movie that, um, you know, given that that movie is going to be dealing with um, different dimensions and, and the multiverse and, and things like that, that maybe there's something there, or maybe even who knows, it might even be that the, it's something to do with the Eternals and, and things that, you know, have been going on for centuries on earth and um, have maybe just been flying under the radar. And now all of a sudden, you know, um, because of the events of what happens in Dr. Strange, it triggers something that, that brings vampires back to our world yeah um so yeah you know we there's any number of kind of directions they they could go in but um but yeah i'm I'm glad to see blade back man glad to see Blade back uh rich how about you man i mean how are you feeling about um the the rebirth of blade well you know just like everyone else you know i'm I'm a big blade fan i'm i'm not gonna lie though I, i am a bit upset that wesley is not coming back but you know mm-hmm. it wasn't until i googled him after mm. and i realized like i don't know you know when you find out how old like some of your heroes or some of the people that you've been following for years are. yeah like, yeah wow. yeah yeah you don't realize yeah. until you actually look it up yeah i did that as well <laughs> yeah and i was just like, yeah. like he's like 56 he's older than robert downey jr yeah and robert yeah. downey jr left because he said he didn't want to be too old doing the same role mm. and, and he's put a good 10 years in Hmm. took him to like i think robert angel is what 54 yes yeah yeah he's about 54 isn't he yeah 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 so like you know so like he's retired in the mcu you can't i'm not sure you can really be getting somebody that age to then start in mcu especially when you you know when you've got a certain amount of of stuff to do like well physically physical wise yeah Um, yeah yeah but then that's the thing i like i know you know ali's ali's an amazing actor but physically, is he going to be able to bring it? And I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of people will say that, you know, with the right trainer and you know, and enough time, you can make this person, you know, a fighter. I mean, case in case in point, you look at like the cast of the Matrix. I always go back to that. Um, you had people who were, you know, that knew nothing about martial arts, uh, but then were made to look like martial artist, like you know, martial accomplished martial artist artists on screen, and um. But then you still require, you still need that little something. People, you know, I, I'm I'm a fan of like Denzel Washington, for example, when he's shooting guns and he's running around, he's really good at doing that. But when it comes to that actual physical fighting, especially like when it comes to martial arts, I think he's okay, but he's he's just not built for that type of action. And mm. for some reason, I'm, I'm not sure if I can see Ali doing that. So I'm really hoping that they go a different route of how they're going to portray this bad character. Um, Obviously, still stick to the fundamentals and and you know and, and the core of the character, but um, hopefully they don't just do like a you know another like a version of Wesley Snipes. I can't see them doing that. If they do, mm-hmm. it's going to be a big mistake because you're going to have to tick every single box and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And the fighting style and the physical presence of it. Mm. That character is is very much unique to to, to Snipes. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you 100 percent there. I think that that would be the one big error. Um, that potentially they could make that that they really need to avoid, which is trying to to emulate, um, as you said, the the Blade movies from you know sort of fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. It it, it would be crazy to to try and do that. Um, 
you know, the best thing to do is, is to start again. This is, you know, the slate has been wiped clean. You've got the rights back now. Um, I think the Blade rights came back to Marvel Studios last year. I remember Marvel putting a little post up on. Yeah, Marvel yeah, it was last year. Saying, yeah. yeah, that they got the rights back. So, so you know, this is an opportunity for you to uh, approach a new audience and to approach it in a different way, in a, in a fresh way, um, you know, and and perhaps take a slightly different take. And as you said, Rich, you know, if 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 um you know the the kind of martial arts kung fu kicking blade isn't quite an option with with him then maybe you know you can make him more just a, a vampire hunter a guy who who actually kind of like sets traps and stuff to, mm, mm. to catch vampires and, and things like that rather than necessarily relying on you know martial arts ability to beat them down um but that said you know um as i always say marvel like they, they know what they're doing man those guys just they really haven't let us down. They really yeah, haven't, yeah, you know. True, true. Um, and you know, they they will go all in. Like if they like you and and they want you on board, um, they will make sure that they put the right team around you so that you're doing, you know, what what needs to be done. So, um, you know, the fact that they were able to make you know most of these actors who had no martial arts experience at all look like they could fight and and do all of that. Um, you know, is testament to how much they and how seriously they they take that that side of um, their movies. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give them the the benefit of the doubt on that one because um, I said we don't know a lot about Mahershala Ali physically and, and kind of what he can do um, from that point of view. So, yeah, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for now, and, and we'll see. I mean, hopefully, he's not another Finn Jones <laughs> who spends oh, most Jesus, of his time man. skipping like. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to get a little Fit Jones dig in there somewhere. But um yeah, you know, hopefully that that that's not the situation. But again, I doubt it. Number one, they've got lots of time to to sort that out. So um, you know, it's not like that it's needs to be rushed out in the next six months. So they've got plenty of time to source the right trainers and mm. um, you know, martial arts choreographers and, and people like that. As I said, if that's the road they're going down. Um so yeah, you know, we 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 really need to um be a little bit patient even though i know people can't be because blade is such a, a an iconic character and one that um you know a lot of people hold dear but but yeah let's give it some time and, and see what uh our lord and savior kevin feige does for us with um the new blade movie so that was pretty much it for um marvel's panel at hall h it was a stacked panel this year um as said, there was other stuff that went on at Comic-Con, but frankly, you know, me and Rich just weren't that into it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. So, um, you know, we thought we'd stick with um, doing the Marvel stuff. So hopefully you've enjoyed listening and hopefully we've been able to clear up a few things for you and clarify some um, details. Uh, but if we haven't, then you can get in touch with us and, and let us know. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. Um, there'll be a short trail at the end of the podcast, so make sure you have a listen to that, and that will tell you how to get in touch with us. Um, aside from that, Rich earlier mentioned the Bebop Rewatch podcast. Um, we did do a recording of this, and basically due to some fuckery with YouTube, we can't get hold of the recording at the moment, but I'm still working on it. Um, and I'm going to try and put it up on the podcast channel at some point next week because um, where there's a will, there's a way. So we're going to get that podcast out to you. Um, and the Bebop rewatch will be continuing as normal as well. So um, as soon as next week, I believe, um, we should be heading back there. Um, we're hoping to have Jed join us as well. We'll just have to make sure Jed can uh, clear his schedule 
um, and then we'll get him on board for uh, the next episode of the Bebop Rewatch. And as I said, Wulong Talks is back, baby. We're back, so look out for us. Um, I'm going to be making more of an effort now to be doing some more stuff with our socials, our social media and all of that. So um, get following us on there because you'll see more little tidbits. Um, I'm even thinking of, of getting back in the, the blogging chair and writing a few blog posts because I've got a few things swirling around in my head. So, um, yeah, look out for those as well. Uh, you'll find that all on our website on wulongtalks.com. Um, and, yeah, that's it. I guess we're going to bring this episode to a close. So thanks a lot for listening. Um, I'm going to say good night, Rich. Say good night, man. Good night. And we'll see you again real soon, people. Take care of yourselves. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the Britpod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 